What's going on, guys? Ty from BreakerCulture.com. Really excited for the show today. Uh, we get to spend the next hour and 15 minutes chatting with Brian from BH35 Sports Cars, one of the founding fathers of the group breaking space. And I think you're going to really enjoy a lot of the things that we talk about from the early days of group breaking seven, eight years ago to uh, his move from Chicago to Miami to some of the things he's learned now as a group breaker. And then, of course, we always talk about those random subjects from why you should never spend $100 on Captain Underpants with your family to Tom Hanks versus Matthew McConaughey. So all kinds of random things. Uh, this is episode 22, and we are ecstatic that we get to continue doing this with you guys. So uh, as always, if you have any feedback, feel free to hit us up on social at Breaker Culture. Um, shoot me an email at ty at breakerculture.com or the group at podcast at breakerculture.com. Thanks so much again. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, Brian. What's morning. going on, man? Thanks for joining us today. No problem. Happy yeah. to be on. Yeah. Well, you're one of you're one of the guys that I've been. I mean, I, I want to say following for gosh, at least three years. One of the guys I kind of got excited about breaking watching. So it's really good to talk to you. I'm excited to have a conversation with you today. So thank you. Appreciate it. How long you mm-hmm. been around? What's uh What's kind of the story behind you? Uh, I think it's pretty much typical amongst yeah. people of our age group. I might be a little older, so I don't want to pigeonhole you guys into being an old man. But, you know, 25, right? just uh, collected when I was a kid pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. You know, all the 90s junk wax that we all thought we were going to be paying for our college with. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, girls happen. So <laughs> sidelined it, got married, had kids. Uh, somebody bought um, my oldest son a, a packet. Tops Chrome football for uh, Christmas. Rest in peace. And I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. I couldn't believe how the cards looked, and I was just like, "Man, I'm in." His birthday is uh, a month after Christmas, so I was hunting for for cards and stuff at like you know, Keymart, Walmart, grocery store, all places I used to ride my bike to to get cards, and uh, nobody really had any. It's all like you know. Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic. I'm like, all right, well, I mean, that's cool, but it wasn't what I was looking for. And then I'm looking for the cart shops, and they were hard to find. Mm. Um, and thankfully, I, I I was in an area where there was three. Um, one had a great owner, but you know, typical kind of old school, overpriced cart shop. And there's another one that did like huge volumes on eBay, but didn't really care too much about their store. Uh, and then, uh, a third one that I didn't really care for the owner, but he had a pretty good setup going on. Um, so I, I went to the shop, bought him a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. probably way overspent. I think I got a little more excited than he did. So, <laughs> but then we had something to share for a while and, uh, I really got, really got, uh, carried away, I guess <laughs> in the beginning. Um, Buying everything, doing everything. We would watch uh, Chris Justice, Cards Infinity. Oh, yeah. Uh, their videos. Um, That's funny. You know, just to see what the new products were going to be like um, or something that we'd be interested in buying, want to check it out first. So every time I'd watch these, you know, there'd be a, a side, you know, YouTube side pop ups. And uh, the True 17 would always be there. So I'd, I'd pop up on those and, and, uh, 
I'd watch those a little bit because mm-hmm. you got to see the cards. But then I was always confused. Like, why is this guy talking to the camera like he's talking to somebody? What's going on? What is this? Um, so uh, I was poking around on eBay and found these uh, these group breaks. I'm like, what's this all about? Joined a couple. I'm like, this is cool. Went back and figured out that that's what he was doing. So started joining those. I was mm-hmm. like, this is really cool. I'm going to give it a whirl. So started doing that um just you know as a hobby and what year uh, was that how long ago and late 2010 2011 uh a while ago so did Hmm. that um part-time you know just as a hobby as fun um and then uh i remember one day my wife i had left my laptop open or something my wife i was on my paypal screen or something like that my wife saw it and she's like where did you get all that money <laughs> it wasn't a lot but you know a couple thousand dollars i had to pay you know to get some more products and stuff like that and I'm like well you don't understand it's not you know all mine i've got i got to pay pay for stuff and she's like well if you're making money off of this then it needs to come to us and not just you buying cards because mm. you're spending some time into this and that's time away from us it's like all right i get it fine if that's what it takes to keep doing it all right um nice and then after a while you know it just kind of grew and, and bloomed and uh kind of got super burnt out with my career and things were going well here and my wife was actually the one that convinced me um you know, you're not happy anymore doing what you're doing. You're never around. You're working way too much, way too hard. It's taking its toll. And you love doing this. Why don't you just give it a whirl? You know? Dude, that's awesome. If you don't mind me asking, what were you, what was your career prior to breaking? Uh, I was in mortgage banking for about 11 years. So I've been through all, all the that. ups and downs of that. No <laughs> I, I assume you were doing that during the bubble. Yeah, so started in about 2002, I think. Um, so I saw, I saw when rates were really, really high, and I saw when they were really, really low, <laughs> and then yeah. I saw when nobody could get a loan because everything got frozen. So saw the end of the world happen, and it didn't happen. <laughs> here you are now. Here you still here. Pushing cardboard. Yeah, That's dude. Where we are. Well, yeah, I, not even I've been pushing it. I don't even like to think about that. I don't sell anything. <laughs> I provide a service. That's right. There, there you go. It's I, true. Uh, I would argue that we're kind of in the midst of a bubble within our hobby. I mean, I agree. It's kind of insane right now. I agree. So, what do you think the bubble is, and and where is the tipping point, Brian? Um, I would say that the bubbles in prospecting. Hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of new money in this. I think there are a lot of um, 25 to 45 year olds that are coming back into this hobby and they see what the prices are of these cards and they're like, I got a job. I can make money off of this. This card tripled in price in three months. I can't do that on stocks. And, you know, they get they get high hopes and they get into it. And, you know, that drives card prices. I think that it's a completely unregulated market. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of scary when you're the person that's getting into it to invest. True. Uh, you know, the bottom can fall out of a prospect very quickly and you're not really sure if that's manipulated or not. Hmm. So 
Yeah, that's fair. You know, that's fair. So beware, beware you're to... not just jumping into the new hot prospect. Do your homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So back to your timeline. You went full time with it when? Mm. 2013. Probably okay. 2013 went, went full bore. And so the uh, parallel timeline with your family, you just said, we talked a little bit earlier to prepare. You said you had a five-year-old, but you have two other kids. How old are they? My oldest son is 17. Uh, my daughter's seven, and my youngest is five. So right about the time, or soon after my youngest son was born, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I, I had been working 70, 80 hours a week for years and years in a row and it was just you know i'm there on sunday (laughs) yeah it's hard to be a dad working that hard well now i got a little one i miss so much of the oldest one's life i don't want to have that happen again so i need to make a switch um so gave that up moved into this and uh here you are here i am so what what i mean Gosh, you've been around. You've seen kind of the ups and downs of the breaking market. What point did you kind of realize, holy crap, like this is the real deal? Because I think there's been kind of an ebb and flow in the the group breaking space. One where the introductory period where people were getting excited about it, I guess they call it the honeymoon phase. And then there's that point where the the hobby is kind of centered around group breaking. What point did you realize this is going to be something legit and this is kind of the new thing? Or was there a moment? There was not a moment early on. Um, probably 2013 when Puig blew up. Oh, okay. I knew this was going to be a thing because I, I just, everyone knew that he was extremely short printed and it didn't matter. Everyone was chasing mm-hmm. hard. I'm, I just didn't get it. I'm like, why are people spending all this money on something they can't hit out of a break? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I knew. I was like, okay, so this is going to turn. This is going to be a new direction. I never thought it'd get this big. Um, but, you know, it is. Here it is. Here's where we're at. Um, there's no barrier to entry. So yeah. it's like grab a webcam and some cards and good luck to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it was probably last year, maybe the year before, where I think there was just a massive influx of group breakers jumping into the market. And we, I had started the site three, about three years ago and I was getting probably requests every week of, Hey man, how do we, how do we get started in this and all that stuff? And, and that, that's obviously died down, but it is funny how people think it's really that easy. Or if you mm-hmm. just throw a camera on, you can just somehow get people to jump in. Breakers TV makes you kind of gives you this false sense of security, but oh, yeah. it is, I mean, you know, cause you've been doing this for so long. It's really, really hard in it this is. market. Is so. So what are what are the difficulties that somebody who's watching? I, I I liken it to watching sports and seeing a guy perform his craft and make it quote unquote look easy. I think guys like you and and I have been a customer of yours for quite some time. Make it look easy. I'm one of those guys that have said, "Oh, I can do this." What's behind the scenes that people are unaware of that? hits them in the face when they start um the bill <laughs> uh i i don't know what kind of personal life dynamic they have you know if you've got a family it's going to be pretty hard 
because you're going to have to explain to your wife that now you're losing money because you're not going to make money right in the beginning. You might hit on a couple breaks. You're going to start. You see a lot of it with National Treasures football. These guys pop up. They mm. grab a case of cards. They hop on Breakers TV, and they just expect people to come in and buy from them. Um, and good luck to them. It takes a lot of balls. It works out for some <laughs> of them. Um, but I think soon after that, they realized that I'm not going to be able to just obtain the best products and skip all the rest. And they get frustrated um, when you know they sign up with the distributor and uh, the distributor can't give them what they want because you know they got to appeal to the rest of their customers and the rest of their customers are being a little bit more supportive with the things that they have to sell. <laughs> And now they're at uh, now they have a problem. They can't they can't get what they want. They can't break what they want. Um, and you got to put in put in the work on the lower end stuff to get the higher end stuff. And if you can't if you can't manage those kind of waters, you're mm-hmm. gonna get in trouble. And then you're you're negative. And then you're like, shoot, what do I do now? I think that that's probably the reason you see some of these fly by night guys getting in so much trouble with these scams and off camera card switches and things like that. Yep. You know, mm. it can be scary. Um that and I think that the other the other big thing that uh not only new people, because I struggle with it too, um, are release dates. Mm. Uh, it's not as bad as they used to be. They used to be terrible. Everything got delayed. Um so you couldn't plan things out. So you have to pre-order, um, use Tops for example. You got to pre-order Tops and Bowman six months to a year in advance. You have no idea who's going to be on the checklist. So you just go for it. Um, and they tell you when it's going to come out. But if it doesn't come out then and you ordered a bunch of it and you ordered a bunch of something else and now they're out on the same week, now you're like, oh, shoot, how do I pay for all this? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Th- those are the dynamics people max have. out credit cards. <laughs> that's how credit cards get maxed out real quick. That's how uh that's how marriages get strained real fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Well, gosh, and now that the interesting kind of thing now is I mean, you get folks trying to sign up with distributors and you already mentioned it, but it's 100 times worse now. You can't get products. No. Like you're immediately <laughs> allocated. And yeah. you, you got to have you got to have a history like you to even be considered for some of the top products. So folks jumping into this have to be able to do the, the kind of crappy, mediocre products to yeah. enter in. If, if I had a suggestion for somebody to enter in, it would be slowly and it would be on lower end stuff mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be case breaks. Boxes. Uh, boxes, packs, um, low end mixers, things with a lot of hits. Um Things with a lot of cards. Hmm. You don't want to. You don't want to bring new people in and have them leave right away because they didn't hit anything. And they're like, "Well, this is a waste of money. That wasn't very much fun." Yeah, that's a good point. Like Chronicles Baseball, perfect. <laughs> a billion hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chronicles. <laughs> uh, oh man, unlicensed versus licensed. Kind of, what's your take on that? Uh, as long as cards look good, I don't care. Yeah. Um, me, to me personally, yep. uh, as a collector, 
Um, if they look good, I'm in. If they don't, I'm going to say it. I don't like it. Some of them don't look good. Um, some of them look great. I think that Panini does a phenomenal job um, with their card designs and how well they're able to hide the no logos. Uh, Leaf does a great job with it. I don't think Tops is Tops isn't really doing that. They yeah. just said, "Fine, baseball it is." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting. I like that Panini does a good job with it. I think they have a few products, Chronicles being one of them, that really look great. At the same time, I also really appreciate that Tops didn't try to fake it and said, "Well, we'll just stick with what we're good at anyway." Yeah, I like it. It, it, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It is what it is. You know what I mean? The only reason we have unlicensed products is because of exclusives with the league. Yep. Exclusive licensing. So how do you feel about that? I don't like it. Um, I don't think it's good for the hobby, but at the end of the day, that's what they decided to do. So here yeah. we are. Yeah. I mean, the hobby's never the same. It's always changing, just like any other market. Um, you know, there was a time where there was everything. Everybody had their own their own card company. Uh, and they all just, I mean, FLIR kind of collapsed, right? And then every they had all these buyouts, and Panini picked up a lot of those companies. I think Playoff was probably the most important one they picked up. Um so what products are related to playoff that makes them important? I don't know that history. Contenders, Contenders national yeah. treasures, uh, absolute, even though abs- absolute is not what it used to be. Um, 100%. But, you know, they, they got into this exclusive market. And I think from a collector standpoint, maybe they don't think about this and they just think, you know, uh, Panini's making so many products and they got to stop this. They're ruining the market they're saturating things well there are that many products before they're just spread over different distributors and yeah that's not as cool to us but i mean the bottom line is that's what the leagues wanted that the leagues wanted these exclusives they didn't want to have to deal with multiple manufacturers and they were able to win those um you see it with tops too i mean tops doesn't necessarily they've got mlb which is great but they don't stop there they kind of protect their license by signing exclusives with, you know, the hot, the hot players. And then they're not in, you know, you don't see a bunch of the new hot guys, Chris Bryant autos and stuff like that. Whoever they just signed to an exclusive, they don't make it over to Panini with autographs. Right. They do a good job locking things up and protecting their exclusives. Um, that's, that's, you know, it slides downhill. The league says we want this. The manufacturers say, okay, well, that sounds awesome. We want to be the sole provider of the cards. And yeah. part of their deal is, okay, here's how many products we want you guys to release in a year. Right. And they're like, whoa, how are we going to do that? That doesn't even <laughs> exist. <laughs> no, it does. You want this. <laughs> so, you know, you get, you get a product a week or sometimes yeah. more. It's interesting you say that. I, I actually listened to an interview with uh, – I forget his name now, but he is the leader of the MLBPA. And the question was brought up whether or not he felt that exclusive deals were the way to go. And I think the individual asking the question assumed 
one thing and he said the opposite, which was, oh, we're ecstatic with it. It works out great. And yeah, sure so to your point, you only, have to deal, you only have one partner. You only have to deal with one thing. You don't have to. Right. Right. So. Uh, so you answered one question a moment ago about your personal uh, feelings as a collector. So let's talk about that a little bit. Your name is Big Hurt 35. So I think folks that know a little bit of trivia are going to be aware that you collect Frank Thomas, I assume. I do. Anything else? Uh, it's scaled back quite a bit. Um, I, I'm currently working on uh, getting a bunch of uh, the rookie cards from when I was a kid, all in PSA 10s. Some of them are pretty unattainable right now. They're pretty expensive. So, um, which which are the toughest then? Um, you know, I mean, like you see a an 89 Griffey PSA yeah. 10 and what those sell for. And you're just like, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of money to pop on a card. Some people don't have a problem with it. You know, I'm always like, you know, if I have a card that's worth more than a couple hundred bucks, I should probably sell that and spread it out somewhere else. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but sometimes it's one of those ones that you just really want to keep. I've got a couple, uh, uh, quite a few Frank Thomas one-on-ones that I wouldn't want to part with, but I would if I had to. So, you know, Frank Thomas, Buckeyes cards, Ohio State. I'm a big Ohio State fan. Um, so you're, are you from Chicago? I am. Suburbs. Um, but, yeah, that's where I grew up. Got too cold, so we moved down here. Miami. Where it is not cold ever yeah. <laughs> i was actually just there last week uh we did a family cruise and actually we didn't come to miami but we, you know the boats out of ports out of fort lauderdale so yeah i yeah. felt that humidity for a little bit it was it was brutal in the summer yeah it gets hot you get uh kind of used to it just like you get used to the cold i mean some things sure. are worse than others just not in the mood to deal with it that's true. So Chicago guy now in Miami collects Frank Thomas and Ohio State. Where does that come in? Uh, my my dad and uncles were huge Buckeye fans, Archie Griffin. Um, that kind of just got passed down through to me. You know, it was White Sox, Bears, and Buckeyes. So, um, you know, it, Chicago sounds like, you know, it's a popular area, but for college sports, it's kind of hard. I mean, you got Northwestern, which is a great school, but not rich in right. collegiate athletics. Illinois, I mean, they had a couple good years in basketball here and there. They had a, a year or two that was good in football. So, I mean, from there, what do you got? State schools. Uh, you can go west to Iowa. You can go up to Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Indiana. Just kind of skipped all that. <laughs> Stuck with my family and came a Buckeye. I remember watching a game when I was a kid. It was Michigan and somebody else. And uh, my dad told me that I wasn't allowed to root for them. I didn't even question it. It's like, okay. <laughs> all right. Whatever you say. <laughs> I pray my kids listen to me that way when I tell them they can't root for anything other than Steelers or Pittsburgh teams. Good luck. <laughs> I'll tell them too many times. <laughs> they might start developing an anti-attitude. That's exactly right. it. 
That's exactly it. So are you a are you a prospecting guy? Do you I mean are you that tight with the kind of the White Sox system? Um, I know about it. I'm not a prospecting guy. Okay. I know about it because um, you kind of crew loves prospects. So that I I they all knew. I used to hate Bowman. I hated it. You know, I, I didn't understand the appeal. There are so many cards that were just completely worthless and didn't know who any of them were. And it kind of changed. You know, the excitement changed around prospects uh, with, I think, with Puig. I mean, you had Pujols a long time ago and Ichiro and all that. But then, you know, Trout and Harper came along and they hit so hard and it kind of took off. And I didn't get it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you see those values going and understand that there's a whole new avenue, a whole new set of collectors, you're kind of okay. like, all right, well, they're having fun. Totally. I'm having fun. So I'm a little more into it. I don't, I don't, I still don't prospect. I, I did one project to see how it would turn out. And mm-hmm. the guy I picked kind of popped. I did well. Um, I didn't, you know, make a million dollars or anything, but I didn't go that deep either. Who'd you took pick? A thousand, took a thousand dollars and went on. Willie Adames. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, it was Tampa Bay Ray. He was like 18 years old, just got traded. So I was like, yeah, he's supposed to be pretty good. He's shortstop. Don't have to worry about him blowing out his arm. If he gets hurt, he'll be back. Mm-hmm. So right. he was low when I was buying. And if, you know, if I'm buying cards for five to $12, you know, how bad are you really going to do? Absolutely, yeah. He now I'm trying to remember. He was um, he was a pretty high draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like the prize of the Detroit Tigers. But then that uh, can't remember. I think it was the David Price deal. He came over in to Tampa Bay. He's hot a, right now. Yeah, He's killing it. Yeah, he is. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I brought that prospecting question up because I mean the White Sox the last couple of years have had just a ridiculously good farm system, like top three. And then obviously with Michael Kopech kind of just doing his thing, he looks like a stud. Didn't know if you were kind of pursuing any of those top four guys like the Eloy Jimenez or Dylan Cease or any of those guys. I I got big into Jose Abreu. Yeah. Um, I just I had to have it all. And then uh, you know you 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 look at it a couple of years later, and those cards are way more attainable yeah at a, a, a much lower price mm-hmm. um and you kind of learn your lesson just like if i'm gonna pick up singles of a hot prospect that's gonna be a pc of mine i can wait yeah. i can i can wait a couple years totally um but i don't know things are changing it's not really like that anymore those guys stay stay hot and expensive that's true <laughs> You know, it's interesting too. I mean, I feel like prospecting has always kind of been the thing in baseball, at least in the last five or six years. And now you're starting to see it more and more in pro basketball with the summer league and all the, I mean, it's a year round sport. And so, I mean, we find like our prism ladder that we put out for NBA. I mean, it's just insane. The the number of people like looking at that daily, almost trying to follow prices and kind of PC guys and invest in guys. It's crazy. I love it. it. Yeah, it's fun. It adds a whole new aspect to the hobby. You know, it just, I like it. I dig it. 
when I started out doing group breaks, you know, you didn't break Bowman or Topps Chrome. It was cheaper. You know, if you wanted it, you go buy a box. Uh, nobody wanted to sit through an hour and a half break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, even still, unless that's the only thing you're doing that night, you want to rip some Bowman at the beginning of your night or in the middle of your night and you got right. some other stuff, you're done. <laughs> that's true done. the room's done they went in a day in a, in a haze they all yeah. left they're coming back to see a recap video <laughs> true. if they're coming at all yeah if they're coming at all no kidding so are you i mean what's your preference in terms of sports what kind of rank them top one two three what do you prefer to break um basketball is number three uh <laughs> I get the most excited, I think, about football. Um, but baseball is still my favorite. It just, the, it, I, I know that probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, you're the most excited about football, but baseball's the best. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, that was my first love. That's what I, it's just what I love, baseball. Yeah. Football is just so exciting. I played football, I play baseball too, but, um, played football in college for a while and uh it's just what position safety corner just laying people out doing my best some <laughs> of those guys are pretty big kind of want to go for the legs <laughs> yeah exactly where did you go to school brian carthage small uh private school in kenosha wisconsin cold again very cold Put up with too much cold weather. No kidding. Goodness. You would you ever move back up north? Or... I don't like to say never. Yeah. But it's not my plans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming you... you family and stuff, right? There's yeah. probably some draw up there with the family. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we try to get back there a few times a year. Um, some of them come down here a couple times a year, so we make it work out. Your wife is also from Chicago? Yep. Yep. I actually went to the same high school. Uh, she was um, four years younger, so we didn't go together. And then uh, she was always, she was real good friends with my sister. So she was always around and like taking along and stuff like that. And I was just like, uh, no thanks. I'm just like a little girl. And then. <laughs> You know, she came back from college and she was at my sister's birthday party. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> What's your name? She's like, I'm, you don't you remember me? I'm Kira. <laughs> Been around your whole life. Like, yeah. You look a little different than I remember. <laughs> Great story. So you've been in Florida for a while. Have you gravitated to any of the Florida teams at all? Or do, you, do your kids like the Florida teams? Nah. Not really. Uh, my my youngest son's getting into soccer. Um, but they're not super into sports, or at least yet. Um, well, we don't really try to force anything on them. Um, ask them if they want to do things. Just try to give them a little shove, but if they, they don't want to do it, we'll find something else that they want so to what do. Are, what are they into? Activities, swimming, beach, um, nice. soccer. I had them in gymnastics. 
So they had a good time with that. If you ask my son what his favorite sport is, he always says jumping over things. <laughs> like that's, I guess, a sport. Gymnastics, maybe. Let's parkour. try that. Parkour. Yeah, parkour. parkour is the first thing that comes to my mind. But like, <laughs> like go to the grocery store and watch him jump off the carts and stuff. <laughs> Wait, is this your five-year-old that calls himself boss all the time? Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. awesome. They're all different. So they've all got their different little personalities and quirks. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things about parenthood. My, my kid, I have two boys, four, three and a half years apart, and uh, they're the best of friends, but they couldn't be more different from one another. Yeah. And it's so cool to watch. Yeah. I, I mean, I was never super close with my sister. You know, it was always like little sister. Um, you know, I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm doing my thing, playing sports. Don't really want to stop and play dolls with you. <laughs> Come play sports with us if you want. That's right. Try to keep up. You should have got her into garbage pail kids. There you go. That's, that's the that's the medium that you can share. Yeah. <laughs> She's never into any of that collecting or anything. I yeah. think uh she tried the beanie baby beanie baby face when that came out. Man. That Maybe that's what started out. all this process. No kidding. That's beanie a, baby. That's exactly man, I remember that craziness. I have a <sighs> I have five kids, and so two of my older boys who are nine and eight are big into sports cards, and they love their guys. But I've tried to kind of introduce my daughters, who are the younger ones, into cards, and it's lasted less than two minutes, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not going to force it on them, but it's just kind of yeah. fun seeing the little uniqueness come out of them. I try to get them into cards, um, but they're young. You know, the attention span's slow. They just want to open the packs. Yeah, exactly. They don't care what's exactly, in them. They just want to open exactly the packs. Like Right. My Isn't that everyone? Yeah, yeah, that's true, <laughs> right. actually. That's all I want to do. Somebody <laughs> else is paying for it, and you get to open it and keep it. Hey. That's, that's right. Sign me up. That's right. Well, cool, man. Let's let's thank our sponsors real quick, and then let's uh, pick it up with some uh, a little bit more divisive subjects that we want to bring sure. up. Sure. All right. Well, folks, if you are selling anything on eBay – You've got to be using a tool called InkFrog. InkFrog is a tool that I've used for almost three years now. It is an absolute lifesaver. Uh, it does everything from helping you create listings, schedule listings, modify, manage all the things in your store, all your active listings, and it does it in a very intuitive interface. It has literally saved me thousands of dollars um, over the last three years. It saved me hundreds of hours from just having to manage things, and it's helped me create auctions and listings that have sweet looking templates. It's organized things very, very smoothly for me. And if I had a breaking business, which I don't, but if I did, I'd be all over InkFrog because it helps me synchronize everything on my website, whether it's a Shopify site or a WordPress site. It helps me synchronize everything I have going on, on eBay as well. So folks, if you list cards by yourself, you list cards with a business, or if you run a, a group breaking business, you better the heck go check out InkFrog. And the best part is 30 days free if you go to breakyourculture.com forward slash inkfrog, I-N-K-F-R-O-G. It'll be well worth your time. Check it out. Back to the show. All right, we're back. So I'm curious, you mentioned kind of pre-conversation before this that you don't watch your own breaks. 
which I think no, is sir. funny. You remind me of like a chef who doesn't taste his own food. <laughs> I could not do that. <laughs> what, uh, I got to taste it. Yeah. What have you, I mean, technology is obviously one of those interesting subjects when it comes to braking, especially because you have to figure out how to make it work. But mm-hmm. since you don't watch your brakes so much, what have you kind of found as kind of the ways of making your brakes most efficient and maybe some of the lessons you've learned with technology when you're putting your brakes together? Too much is too much. Hmm. Um, you know, I, me, personally, I don't like a, a lot of stuff all over my screen when I'm watching. If it's relevant, fine. But if it's super busy, I'm, I'm gone. I don't know if my brain just can't process all that or not, but Mm. just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. I mean, because you can create 90 screen overlays doesn't mean it should be there. (laughs) You mean you want to create some transitions and have different scenes. That's cool. But the broadcasting software is, you know, very cheap. And if you want, you can get it for free. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think to have a, you don't have to have a quality broadcast to be a good breaker, but it certainly helps if you want people to watch. Yeah, I agree. I think it's almost, you can kind of hide behind your production in some cases. And you, I think you see that if you kind of look at breaks, kind of like we do, you have some pretty sweet productions out there, but you lose interest really fast. The rolling tickers and the multiple windows opening up, it's, you forget about what you're actually doing. Yeah, I mean, you don't, at the end, all that's cool, all that's fine, but I mean, you have to, you have to read the chat and engage with your customers. Yeah. And if you've got just the microphone on a a webcam that does that, fine, as long as you're engaging your customers, you know, creating a a good sense of why, why they're there, Mm -hmm. I think the rest will work itself out eventually. You'll have time. You have time to figure it out. You'll have time to figure out your settings, your stream, what you want. But once you figure it out, maybe be a little consistent with it. If you want to change it up every couple of months, why not? Hmm. What, what would you say is kind of the technology you can't live without? Maybe it's an app. Maybe it's technology you've got kind of hooked into your process. I guess you start at the beginning and you got to have a good computer to process everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you, and then you just take it step by step. So you get the computer, you get the internet connection. If you don't have either, you got a, a credit computer and you're trying to stream in HD, good luck getting the person on the other end to see it. No doubt. You know, figure out a good internet connection. Figure out what you're working with. Uh, watch some YouTube videos, read some tutorials. You'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, computer, streaming software, um, a quality camera, a good, a good audio setup, and I, I think you're good to go. There you go. It I think is. it's some really good advice. I think most folks have leaned more so on some other types of advice, not dealing necessarily with the very, ob- like very, very basics. You mentioned computer audio. So my question is if you were giving advice as you already did in providing the basics that you need, if you had to put a price tag of capital startup money on the computer, the software, the, the, the things you absolutely need to get started, what do you think it is? If you didn't have any of it, 
already. Um, maybe, you know, a couple thousand dollars. I mean, this, uh, but if you're going to start, why don't you start with what you have? Figure it out. Make a little bit of money. Make sure it works out. Then you start pumping some more money into it. You know, upgrade. Um, find some better ways to do things. Uh, but, I mean, if you want to do it, do it right. Work with what you have. Um, build up a customer base. Treat them right. Um, treat them like you want uh, and not how other people are treating them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you see a lot of kind of niche things. Um, guys doing several things for skunks and hit lists and things like that. Yeah, that's what you want to do. Do it and do it consistent. Um, if you think that's what people will like, uh, would you like it? You know, kind of stick to that, stick Mm -hmm. to what you like and then make that your focus, you know, in the beginning, you know, once you get a customer base, you can kind of start branching out. When I started doing it, it was all football and kind of branched out into baseball, branched out into basketball. Did a little bit of hockey, and now it's a little hard because it's all upper deck. Yeah. Soccer. Tried to do NASCAR once. Oh. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> and those cards were so cool. It was NT. Really? Uh, I don't know anything about soccer or about <laughs> race car, racing, uh, NASCAR. I don't know a couple of the guys you hear about them, but. The cards were so cool. The memorabilia that was in them was so cool. And it seemed like every card was awesome. <laughs> like tire pieces? Tire pieces, sheet metal, fire sheet jackets. Metal. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. Huh. That is awesome. It reminds me of the, the Diamond Icons that just came out. I think it's Diamond Icons that came out this past week. They had the cleats in them. I saw that. Like a big cleat chunk. Look awesome. I mean... I'm sure it's easy. I mean, th- those types of boxes are pretty easy to kind of hide that stuff in there. You can't pack search it, but crazy cool yeah. stuff. Yep. Crazy cool. So if you had to kind of look in the mirror and give yourself some feedback, what do you think you're best at when a new customer comes in? What are they going to take away and say, that's why I liked this break and Brian, I'm going to come back to him. Um, it was efficient. You're going to know what you're going to get. You know what you're getting. It's going to be like that consistently. Um, and you're going to have some good people to hang around. Uh, and not, it's not a... So it's a family-friendly atmosphere to an extent. I want you to feel like you can let it go a little bit, but you got to treat everybody with respect and I'm going to try to dial it down a little bit too, especially in the early hours. So if somebody's watching, uh, watching the live stream with their kids, it's cool. But I mean, 11, 12 o'clock at night, probably going to be in bed. So we can open it up a little bit. Not, not on the recordings, you know, right. kids are going to get a hold of those and watch them and, I can attest to that. I've been in a number of your breaks, of a, as I mentioned already, and my older kid, who's into it a lot more than my younger, he's 12. I have no 
concerns, and he's watched a good number. I couldn't even tell you a good number of your breaks that I've been in. So I, I commend you for that because that's definitely not the case, you know, across the community. No, nope. You get some very adult rooms. Yep. You get some very, um, I don't know if you'd call it raunchy, but they get into each other pretty good. But it seems like they're having fun with it. I don't. I wouldn't like it. I don't like to talk to people like that. I don't like to be talked to like that. So, but they do. They like it. So cool. Then you get the other end where people are just uh, not to make fun of them, but I, I don't have a better word for it. They overemphasize the family friendly thing and are very golly G. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. It's, I find that to be the worst. It's kind of fake. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're really like that. <laughs> I, I think I think they really but, like that. <laughs> you know, I I hope so. I think that's hard to fake, actually. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, for the amount of time that you're in front of people, yeah. you just got to be real. You don't know something, say so you don't know it. You don't know how to pronounce a guy's name. Do the best you can. Fumble over it. Let them laugh at you, and then try to learn it. Exactly. Ask. Most of the time, they know more than you. <laughs> yeah. um, you're you're. It's good that you know about products, but. If you don't know about them, if you don't know what a certain parallel is called, ask the guys, get them involved. So that's a good question. I think a lot of folks have the pet peeve of breakers not necessarily being aware enough of the product they're breaking. To what extent do you research the products that you're breaking or do you feel like you have enough experience now that you know you can learn on the fly? both um uh, you got to pay attention you know the old stuff is pretty consistent the flagships you know what's going to be in them year to year you know there are parallels sometimes they change the names of them and the numbering and but it's uh if you don't know you don't know you don't need to make it up you don't need to stop the break to pause it to go look it up real quick to seem smart and the most knowledgeable person in the world. But another thing is it gets your, your guys engaged. Just ask them questions and they feel good. They know something. And that's a good point. That's a good thing. You know, um, people like to look smart. They sure do. Um, and learn your guys' names, guys, girls, learn their names, call them by their names. That, 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 yeah, that's an interesting point because you, you always hear the usernames thrown out there. They're, they're there. Some people, you know, it's fun. And it, it's a weird setup. Back, back before, nobody wanted anybody to know their name because, you know, they didn't want it on the internet. Mm-hmm. They had to hide behind this username. Not really like that anymore. Everybody's on the internet. Everybody's on social media. Everyone knows your name, right. what it's about. So yeah. you got to know who likes it and who doesn't. True that. I've got a couple guys. A couple ladies that absolutely do not want their name anywhere. So you know that and you do that. Yeah. I I go into somebody's room and they call me by my name. I like it. I feel good about myself. Hey, that guy knows my name out of all the customers that they have. I'm not even here that much. (laughs) Yeah. So I like that. Yeah, that sticks out. You know, one thing that you you do that I think is really kind of unique and – 
I, I've actually kind of liked it. Um, is your your email distribution has been spot on? I think you kind of kicked it into high gear the last few months. You let people know immediately when you're going to live. Hey, remind you you have breaks ending tonight. Go purchase these. I love that. I love knowing like, hey, you're going live in the next 15 minutes. It's a good reminder of my email inbox. It, it might seem a little obsessive to some folks, but I don't go. I so I used to say, you know, I only wanted to send out stuff that was absolutely relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to send out nine emails a day. I don't, I don't. I certainly don't want to send out updates that are like, hey, we've got 12 left in this one. Let's get it going. Um, let me drop you a note of what's going on, what's new, what's coming, what schedule is going to look like, when we're going live, a reminder of when I went live. That's about it. I got away from email for a while because the stats were terrible. So I tried to focus more on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And then I started talking to my guys, and they're like, no, we love it. You know, We don't know you're live because you're not emailing us. Yeah. You, I mean, you condition them to a certain way, and then if you get away from that, you don't see them. And you're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, you changed everything. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what to do anymore. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny because I've, I've listened to thousands of podcasts, I feel like, in the last few years. And I always try to listen to the, some of the ones that are more focused on how to grow your business and social media. And one of the key takeaways I had um, last year was this guy talking about this email list optimization. And he was saying that you should you should – you should desire to have about a 10% unsubscribe rate every single month because you want to get turnover and you want to kind of essentially optimize your list to have the folks that only will be engaging with you through email. Um, The guys that are going to unsubscribe anyway, they're not going to be your customers that you're going to want to kind of cater to over email. Mm -hmm. But anyway... Pop culture, man. What? What? Uh, are you a movie guy, show guy? Sure, sure. What's, yeah. Uh, what's uh, What's the last movie you watched? Uh, Office Space. Nice. Great. <laughs> uh, hopefully not for the first time. Well, the reason is we're trying. We, my wife and I, uh, are trying to get her into the comedy movies. Uh, so she recently, the last couple of years re-entered the workforce and she goes to work and she works with these guys and they're always saying these movie quotes and she doesn't get them, but now she's saying them cause she thinks they're funny, but doesn't know where they're from. So we're watching those <laughs> movies and we watched Step Brothers the other night and try to catch her up on that. She actually wanted to watch Rogue One. She always falls asleep in the middle of it. So, you know. At least it's cool that I get to watch a cool movie and not some chick flick. Mm. She doesn't really do the chick flicks. It's always kind of uh, like an artsy movie, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So she's not very sentimental. I got lucky with that. There are no Hallmark holidays. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm a little jealous. I can't get my wife to watch any movie. What chick flick, action, comedy doesn't matter. The only time I can get her to watch a movie is, in fact, Star Wars. She loves Star Wars. She That's loves great. taking the kids to see the Star Wars flicks. I, I, you were complaining that there was an episode nine coming out, Ty. I, I want 90 just to get my wife to come to a movie. No, because that means we'll have 90 more Tops products. 
true. <laughs> you don't have to buy them. True. True. Yeah. What's the last movie you saw in the theaters, Brian? Oh, man, I haven't been in a while. Not even with um, the kids? I think it was Captain Underpants. Nice. Oh, goodness. It's so expensive. It is. Oh, it took oh. them down. Um, we only got one movie theater on the beach. So it's, uh, you're kind of, unless you want to go on to the mainland, it's it's pretty expensive. I think we spent a hundred dollars for the three of us for a popcorn, a bag of candy, a drink, and our three tickets. I was like, oh yeah, my God. I don't That's think I crazy. can spend a hundred dollars on Captain Underpants when we can just watch it on TV. <laughs> and the movie experience is great and all, but I mean, your kids, it's a kid movie, and this is not even an event. <laughs> No, I had a pretty unique experience in Florida, actually, after we got off the boat. We had a good chunk of time between the disembarking and, and our flight back to Pittsburgh. And uh, we found a movie theater not far from the Fort Lauderdale Airport. And it, I imagine they're in other parts of the country. We do not have them in Pittsburgh, though. In Pittsburgh, we have a couple of nice theaters where the very last like three rows or something like that are the nicer, plushier reclinable chairs but this theater in particular in and around the fort lauderdale area every seat was a reclining plush seat you had your own little table and waitress they didn't have i actually was confused after i gave them my ticket after i bought the ticket walked in gave my ticket i'm looking for the popcorn i'm looking for soda where where do i buy stuff they're like oh no, no no go to the theater we'll come to you and a waitress comes and takes our order, and it's a full menu of anything you want. I, I couldn't believe it. It's cool, right? It is. It's a whole different experience. Completely. And my wife, this was the way to convince my wife to see movies. She said, if you take me to a place like this where I can order a martini, I'm in. Yeah. A little more adult. Yeah. It's a nice date night. You get to steal some time with the wife, and it's a good place to go. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, I mean, if you're going to spend 100 bucks. I think they're starting to realize they have to make it worth your hundred bucks. Yeah, if you're gonna spend it, spend it right. Yeah, right. Don't, don't go to Captain Underpants and bag a order a bag of twenty dollars Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> you guys remember sneaking in candy the theaters, or maybe you still oh, do? Yeah, I still Stop do. Seven Eleven, wear your big hoodie, grab a bunch of Skittles and Mambas, and oh, just. All sugar high in the movie theater. That's right. You ever uh, you ever jump between movies? Pop yeah. over to the next one. No, I call that a double feature. <laughs> I have it. I was always too scared. <laughs> Same here. I never did I it. Didn't wanna, I don't want to get caught. I just feel embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Are you uh, saying I should stop? Oh wow, <laughs> Shani, I can already tell you're the guy that orders water and puts Sprite in Sprite's cup. Ah, oh, yeah. No, I'm the guy that brings an empty bottle and fills it up at the fountain. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Nice. You're a music guy, aren't you, Ryan? Because I feel like you have music on in the background sometimes. I I could be mistaken, but I feel like you talk about music. Yeah, I do. Um, It uh, it helps me. It helps me stay uh, engaged. I try not to play only the music I like, Mm -hmm. but... uh, I have to like to listen to it. It's got to be tolerable. What is your music? uh, It's very eclectic. You know, 
I'll go from uh, 50 Cent to Taylor Swift real quick. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. You know, it's, uh, I've got a, a seven-year-old daughter, so oh, yeah. got to listen to it. You might as well. It's all right. So, but yeah, I mean, I'll listen to anything. I like, uh, I've got some musical scores that get me pumped up that I'll listen to. Those are cool. Like, uh, from Inception. Oh, yes. Those are awesome. Dude, they're amazing. They get you pumped. I'm not aware of what you're talking about. So, I don't, what do you listen to your music on? I listen to mine on Spotify. Yep, same here. Okay. Yeah, just uh, uh, go in there and search Hans Zimmerman. Mm -hmm. Hans Zimmerman. Yeah, he's the one that, um, I think that's right. Hans Zimmer. No Zimmerman. Hans Zimmerman. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Uh, He does a lot of those major movie scores. Um, They just, they get you pumped. It's nice. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, Put anything, you know, Mm -hmm. pop, rock, um, not like classical, but classic rock, Um, the old stuff. Probably more of the old stuff than the new stuff. I don't like to listen to the radio. Um. Kind of like I don't like to watch TV. I guess it's the, the advertisement or I just I don't have control over what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. And if it's the morning and I'm driving the kids to school and they, you know, they start talking about, you know, somebody died or um, that's fine. The news is important, but that's not what I want to hear when I'm in the car with my kids. So right. let's let's throw on some happy tunes and get to school <laughs> yeah yeah you, you brought up the uh the musical scores we so i about three months ago i started putting an alarm i have this sonos speaker system in our house and uh i have alarms for my wife and i's room and i started waking us up to different musical scores so like nice. gladiator soundtrack or inception yes. or like last samurai yeah. braveheart all the cool ones yeah and it's like it's been so motivating. You just wake up ready to just go for the day. It's transformed cool. our morning routine. <laughs> it's a cool little way to trick yourself. Totally. It's important. The things you do in the morning set the tone. Yeah. Half the time you're too damn tired and in a rush, though, to really oh, yeah. get there. Are you a workout guy in the morning? You hit the gym or do you not do that? You run on the beach? No, I don't run. Uh, it hurts. It hurts my knees, my ankles, my hips, so... I try to stay in the water for that kind of stuff or let the kids run me around. But yeah, I'll, I'll lift some weights a couple times a week just nice. to stay in shape. Yeah. But more so than anything, just staying active. Yeah. Yeah. With kids, I feel like it's easy, easier for us yeah. dads to stay active. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. does make a big difference. All right, man. You ready for some rapid fire? Yeah. Fired off. Stream of consciousness. I want just first thing that comes to mind. Let's see what uh, see what you got. Favorite product of the year that has come out so far. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I really liked Elements. Oh, that was different. I agree. It was a good checklist. It was different. Those metal cards are pretty cool. Okay, least favorite product of the year so far. Hmm. There haven't been a lot of great ones yet. 
because mm-hmm. it's early in the football season. Um, it's late in the baseball season, so I'd have to go back and look through that. But I think the one that has bothered me the most is probably unparalleled. It just is too shiny. Oh, wow. Okay. So here's what I tell my customers. I don't like to watch the brakes. I don't like to break it. I don't like to see all the cards at once, but the cards are awesome. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to build rainbows and things like that, it's really cool. Um, if you want to get your guys in some cool patterns, it's really cool. If you want to watch every card that comes out of a pack, you better put your sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I spent a fair amount of time breaking through Unparalleled, and I'm, I'm with you. You get kind of dizzy by the end of it, so I get it. It's like some weird trance it puts you in. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, and you're you're like searching for galactics, thinking which one. I don't know. I can't even tell the difference between a hyper and a shine. It's just yeah, it's mesmerizing. But whatever. Interesting, different perspective from a breaker's point of view on what constitutes a good product. I mean, that's that's good. I mean, you gotta like to break it. Yeah. I'll tell them. I'll tell them if I don't like it. I'll tell them if it's garbage. I'll tell them that it's one of those things that we just need to do in order to get the good stuff. There you go. That's the that's the reality of it. All right, man. Favorite candy bar? Snickers. Mm. Favorite app on your phone? Doesn't have to be sports related. Whatever, whatever you want. Uh, I have this race card game um, that I play way too much. <laughs> What's it called? It's called Need for Speed No Limits. All right. So, you, uh, uh, if I'm you my... like to waste a lot of time, get into that one. <laughs> I might do that. I might surprise my kids today and have a new game on my phone. I don't want to rock their world. In-app purchases, be careful. Oh, (laughs) oh, gosh, yeah, exactly. Funny story, we had like $55 in purchases last week on iTunes, and come to find out it was our kids purchasing stuff in-app. Oh, no. I feel like it happens way too often now. Netflix or Amazon Prime? I have both because we canceled cable. Ooh, okay. You untethered. When did you do that? Uh, much to my dismay, um, probably about three, four years ago when we moved down here, wow. I just, we just didn't get it. We didn't have, so it's the schedule that kind of screws things up. We don't really have time to sit down and watch it together and everything that the kids are going to watch are already on there. And the only thing that's left is sports. So I, you know, I'll catch games when I have time, but I'm either live at night or it's on the weekend. So we're just like, it's not worth it. We can get everything else online, stream it. Uh, so we've, we've got both of those, Amazon Prime and uh, um, Netflix. What do you prefer? Probably watch um, the one that has the good show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amazon's awesome. I think we use it more for home buying stuff, groceries, yeah. buying stuff. You know. Yep. Um, but they've got some good stuff on there. Yeah. Super excited about that new Jack Ryan episode. Just going to say stuff. that, man. Oh, I, yeah, I that looks good. It. That comes out. Wait, is that today? Tomorrow, I think it's the 31st. Tomorrow, I've yeah. got a reminder set on my phone, so it'll probably go off in a couple minutes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's an interesting choice for the he, – he was he's an interesting choice for the lead. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that yet. Well, you know, if you go out and you read the books, um, it doesn't sound like he's some super – Harrison Ford badass. Okay. 
But still, if you if you saw what's his name, Jim Jim, uh, I don't know, Jim from yeah. office. Yeah, Jim uh, from office. Krasinski, right? Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So he was in this movie not too long ago. Um, Dude, it's awesome. It was uh, kind of like a war movie. I think it was Thirteen Soldiers or something along those. The one about Benghazi, Libya. Yeah. Thir- thirteen yeah. hours. Yeah, that was really good. Thirteen hours. It was really good. He did an awesome job in it. He did. Um, and I think for the Jack Ryan character, he doesn't need to be some super action star. I'm sure he'll do a good job. He looks like a big athletic guy for those scenes. But did you guys see A Quiet Place? No. What is A Quiet Place? That's his. Uh, his that's a movie he had come out this year that was like su- a surprisingly big hit. Oh. It's him and his wife and family, and there's this basically this monster that haunts the city, and you can't make a noise or it attacks you. Oh, oh no, dude! I didn't it's see that crazy. I remember the previews now. So is that an M Night Shyamalan movie? Nope. No. Did you say you did see it, Brian? No. Oh, um, yeah. I am uh, not into being scared. <laughs> no, <laughs> not. No, I don't. I don't do the quiet. I don't do the scary movies. Well, I'll tell you this. I think was... the last one I saw was The Ring. I'm like, I'm good with that. You know what? <laughs> that might be the scariest movie I've ever seen. Oh my god! I couldn't believe it because they didn't make scary movies anymore. They were all gore. That's right. right. Gore and shock. Yeah. This was Ring. scary. Ring I remember we went core. saw the movie in the movie theater, um, and we left, and I was just like, "That movie wasn't scary." And I got home, mm-hmm. and I was outside in the dark, and I was like. <laughs> Oh shit! I get it now. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I swear. But I was just like, "Whoa!" Uh, yeah, I don't want to be thinking about that when I'm trying to go to sleep. No. Yeah, that that was I the kind the, of movie that made I get me the turn draw, on. But... <laughs> right. After we we didn't see it in the theaters. We saw that movie actually lying in bed on our computer. <sighs> as soon as it was over, I popped out of bed and turned on every light in the house. Yeah. That was yeah. a scary one. <laughs> that was. I think it was it. Uh, Emily Rose that came out after that from the same creators. Did you guys see I think that? you're right. Yeah. The Resurrection or, or the, yeah. what's it? It was called? based on that truth. Exorcism. Yeah, right. the Exorcism of Emily Rose. I, I watched that with a college roommate and we were obviously in our mid-20s at that point. And I, I remember there was one scene in there where he jumped and literally landed on my lap. And I, we just had that moment where like we paused and thought, we, we're grown men and you're sitting on my lap because you just got so scared. <laughs> like something's wrong here. That's <laughs> Yeah, they did a good job then. They did a good job. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, A Quiet Place, psychological thriller, really, really good. Highly recommend it. I'm not into the horror movies either. That's the first one I've watched in probably five years. So if you need a good scare, check it out. My kids love horror movies. And I'm thinking, uh, am I a bad dad for letting you watch some of these? And they love them. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm ambivalent. I like, I like movies, period. So I'll watch horror movies once in a while. Yeah. My, I already told you guys, my wife doesn't like movies at all. But one thing she loves, and it kind of relates to the horror genre, she loves Halloween, and she absolutely loves haunted houses. Oh, man. And I hate them. I, Me too, I man. I hate them. Me too, especially now. They're like, chase you around. and she's well, like... I told her the first time when we were still dating, she dragged me to one. And I said, I, this is a bad idea. She keeps saying, oh, you're going to have a good time. You're with me. It's a date. So I'm telling you, it's a bad idea. The first time someone came after me, I just, I couldn't. I punched them. 
Yeah, like, exactly. It was, it was, That's why I, I don't I want to go. do it. Because I, I don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to be fight or flight? Exactly. It's a reaction. And I don't know what's going to happen. I'm already scared and I don't like this. Exactly. And then you jump out in this big scary mask and I get it. I'm supposed to be scared. But what if I hit you <laughs> <laughs> at your job? <laughs> right. Are you going to say, damn, I did a good job? Or are you going to be like, shh, you just popped me, man. <laughs> <laughs> She's never asked me to go back to one. She takes my kids. <laughs> Don't blame her. That's funny. All right, Matthew McConaughey or Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Favorite Tom Hanks movie? Um, the Wilson. What is mm. it called? When he's stuck on the island? No, oh, what is that Castaway. called? The Castaway. Castaway. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's a I good like one. how quiet it was. <laughs> Fit your style. It was just, it was so different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how can you have a movie that's so captivating and not say anything? Mm. Agreed. Uh, favorite place kicker in the NFL? Mm. Wasn't Groza a bear? Uh, Robbie Gould. Ooh. There you go. There you go, yeah. Awesome. Um, you know who was cool, but he retired, was that Pat McAfee guy. He is a punter, though, wasn't he? Was he... Where did the guy he from play? The Colts. the Colts, the big dude. The guy was like a yeah. monster. Yeah. Yeah. Very outspoken, but funny. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about him. Yeah, he I'm was not a, a big fan of place kickers. They kind of just have to be there. Is that? I still don't understand why they have to be there. I know it's <laughs> called. So I'll say this when I'm watching the games because they drive me crazy when they miss a field goal or something like that. And just, I'll start yelling at the TV. And, like, why are kickers even in this game? My wife will yell from the other room. It's called football. He's kicking with his foot. That uh, is a fair point. I, I, yeah, I've never made that connection. Argue that. <laughs> <laughs> but do we really need field goals? I want to see him move the ball down the field. How would that change the game? No field goals. No extra points. You got to go for two. You got to throw off instead of kick off. You got to get you like no, punts, punts are still allowed because uh, you got to have that field position battle, but no field goals, no extra points. That would be fun. Hell, just make the touchdown worth seven. Let's get on with it. Is in that uh, the Canadian league, they don't do field goals, right? Or do they? I feel like they don't. don't or the arena league. One of those two doesn't do field goals. Maybe the, the arena league Canadians do. Okay. I don't think I've ever watched an – maybe only highlights. I don't think I've ever watched a Canadian football game. Is that That's the one that uh, Manziel's in, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I haven't really watched one either. And I, the I, Alouettes? I think that's where he's at. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the card that you desperately need for your collection? You just don't want to pay the money for it. Ninety-three – Frank Thomas, Refractor, uh, PSA 10. I have a 9. Mm. It's the National a couple of years ago, last second, and I didn't like it. And I said it was in Chicago, um, and that's where I wanted to pick it up, so I just bought it on eBay, bought a 9. I really would – I really torn on the, uh, the no-name Frank Thomas. Mm. What do you mean? What's the no-name Frank Thomas? 
the 1990 rookie card that doesn't have his name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so expensive. What, what does that? What does expensive mean? How how much are they going for? Thousands of dollars. No kidding. Wow. Is it that rare? I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't say. I didn't think. But it, it is rare. hard to get. The only place you can get it out of, I guess, was some. So where they put the error in? One of my guys was telling me this. I don't even know if it's true, but I just assumed that it was. He's a pretty smart guy. Um, it only came out of some sort of vending box that came out around Christmas time. So you can't get them in like the regular hanger packs or anything like that. Oh, to my gotcha. Own. Okay. I'm, I'm a bit of a junk wax guy. Mm-hmm. Every uh, Maybe every quarter order a couple hundred bucks of junk wax just have like an a rip fest really so uh it's fun it's nostalgic you don't have that that feeling that like oh my god i just spent all this money on one box of cards and i have to have a good card good autograph to make it worthwhile mm-hmm. it's like yeah i spent 10 bucks on a box of 89 pro set i know what i'm getting but it's gonna remind me of when i was a kid that's a great idea, actually. As you say that, I think, man, I need to do that with my kids. They would just get a kick out of it. I did it with my wife once. Uh, when I was starting to get back into the hobby, she thought it was awesome. We're opening packs that had gum in it, gum stuck to the back of the car. Yes. <laughs> you chewed it, of course. Of course. <laughs> and then I thought I was going to die. Just, you had this weird I didn't reaction. Feel sick. It was just my instant reaction was like, why oh. did I do this? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Are you, uh, you a beer drinker? Sure. Yes. Which favorite, favorite beer? Oh, man. I guess my go to when I don't want to read through all the new fancy beers is just like a Stella. Oh, okay. So, that's a good one. Um, but I, I I don't like the super dark stuff. It's too hot for that down here. Mm-hmm. IPAs, so, like you're, you're an IPA browns and porters, but IPAs are good. It's there are. I think it's probably like this everywhere. At least when we travel, it seems like there's breweries everywhere, mm-hmm. like micro breweries, and everybody's got their own stuff. So you don't really know what you're getting. Yeah. Just try out a bunch of stuff and. Exactly. What about you guys? Same with you, man. I'm an IPA guy. We have a couple boulevards, a big name up here in Kansas City. That's the big brewer. Um, I, uh, yeah, I like all kinds of IPAs. I was telling Shani, I've been going to this one in San Diego called Stone. They make a pretty nice little selection of IPAs, and I've been enjoying that. Nice. Yeah. It's good. It's good. You're not a beer drinker, right, Shani? I'm not much of a drinker, period. I do enjoy beer um, periodically with a meal uh, on a date night with my wife. And I tend to go for more of the heavier stuff. De- definitely if, if it's not with a meal. If it's with a meal, I'm just drinking water. But uh, yeah, I like the darker beers. Um, not Guinness necessarily, but you know, I, de- I definitely try to mix it up. I like the small batch brewery thing. My favorite brewer is uh dogfish even though they make great ipas and you pro- you guys probably like those they make a lot of interesting beers hmm. yeah their 90 minute ipa is pretty popular oh that's a that's a pucker yeah it is right yeah 
Yeah, for sure. All right, last question for you, Brian. You, uh, if you were to break with anybody for the day, star, sports star, actor, actress, who would it be? Anybody for the day? Anybody for the whole day. Anybody. They get to break with you. Man, I don't even think I'd pick a sports star. Probably pick one of my buddies and just have a great time. Oh, um, but if I was going to pick one, um, why not Frank Thomas? <laughs> Make it happen. Have you, I mean, I'm assuming you probably haven't reached out to him, but are you a big enough collector of Frank Thomas cards that you think uh, he'd care? Nah, probably no. not. No? No. Okay. I met actually, um, I think 2013 National. I met his, uh, I don't know if it was his manager, I can't remember, but she was very interested in my name, the name of my business. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, we had it, you know, we checked it to make sure that it wasn't like trademarked or anything by him. So that was uh, a conversation we got into real quickly. And then immediately she went from, you know, being not very nice to, Hey, maybe we can do something <laughs> like, all right, here's my contact information. Give me a call. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But yeah, you kind of figured that was going to happen. It, it, I always wondered that too. If you if you would run into an issue with having Big Heart Thirty Five as your as your business name, because you're probably registered as Big Heart Thirty Five, right? I'm assuming. No, it's just uh, it's under uh, BH Three Five Sports Cards. I got too oh, nervous gotcha. with it for a long time. Okay, so kind of changed everything up, and uh, I. I I don't want a problem with yeah, you know, the it. guy that I like. Not. So, <laughs> I just, but I wanted to keep in, you know, when I started, when I um, started joining Group Breaks, mm -hmm. that was the name I chose. Um, so that's the name of my Breakers TV channel and my username. So that's, I felt like I could keep that mm -hmm. um, without any kind of problems. And I haven't had any. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, I just want to say thanks again for, for being who you are and having a good time in your break channel. I've, I've, like I said, I've always respected you and your opinion in the hobby and it's just been a pleasure talking to you. So thanks so much for making time for us. Yeah, thanks, Thank bro. you guys. Really what, uh, you, man. kind of a parting words. What, uh, anything you want to point folks to anything you got going on in the next few weeks that we should know about? Man, there's not much happening in the next couple of weeks. I think next week we got two or three releases. Um, they're not major, but should be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, just if you want to stop by and check out the room, um, it's a good room to hang out in. I would watch on the website instead of breakers TV. You can still chat with the mm -hmm. chat that I embedded through breakers TV, mm -hmm. but the video is much better and more consistent with no ads. So BH 35 sportscardscom Correct. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful. Good stuff. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Contenders Draft tomorrow for basketball. Oh, yeah. You doing it? You breaking it? Yeah. All uh, of the uh, 18 boxes that I got. <laughs> is that what you got allocated? Yep. Oh, oh, really? Is that allocated? Yeah. It was pretty rough. That is tough. Oh, yeah, I actually tried to get a couple uh, cases from some folks, and they didn't even get any from some bigger shops. So It's hard. It's hard. Better go order some hoops. Maybe you'll get some next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Suck it there up. You go. 
But yeah. good stuff, man. Enjoy your weekend. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks, Brian. All right, guys. Thank Thanks. you. Have a good one.